the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. I wanted to go there, but... Because of impatience, because of not understanding that there's a time for everything. They wanted to get ahead, but they got behind. They wanted to take a shortcut, but ended up with a situation where they cut short what God was trying to do for them. There's a time for everything. Rejection happens sometimes because the timing is wrong. And God wants us to proceed at the proper time, just like he did for Joseph. Now, people may overlook you, snub you, pass you over because you don't meet their expectations, because you exceed their expectations, or because the timing is wrong. But that's not what I really want you to have in mind when you leave here tonight. That's something to think about, talk about. Figure out which applies to you. And, you know, like me, I'm sure a lot of you are like, yeah, I know that didn't work out because, you know, it's too good for him or her. And that's nice. Whatever floats your boat. (laughs) But the most important thing is why God allows us to experience rejection. Why does God allow you and I to be rebuffed, turned down, refused? God allows us to be rejected so that we can meet his expectations. God allows people to refuse us, snub us, ignore us, give us the cold shoulder, turn us down so that we can meet his expectations. So the question is, okay, so what are his expectations? Simply put, God wants you and I To fulfill our destiny. Whether it's to go somewhere. Whether it's to be with a specific person. Or whether it's to carry out a specific project. God uses rejection as a vehicle to drive you to your purpose. Which brings me to the scripture that brought home this revelation to me. Psalm 118 verse 22. Psalm 118, verse 22, and it simply reads, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. In Acts chapter 4, verses 5 to 11, it's not on the screen Peter made a reference to the scripture. This is after the Holy Spirit came. Peter is making a reference to something that was written in the book of Psalms. And he was letting us know that the stone was Jesus, who became the chief cornerstone. Some of you may remember the last hours of Jesus' crucifixion. Pilate brought Jesus before the people, and this is what happened. I'm going to go to Matthew 27 verses 15 to 17, Matthew 27, 15 to 17. And it goes something like this. 
Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release into the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And I'm skipping some verses. Matthew 27, 15 to 17 and 21 and 22. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release into the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious criminal called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. So Pilate brings Barabbas and Jesus before the people. And he asked them, who should I release? And everybody said, Barabbas. And he said, how about Jesus? He said, Crucify him. I'm not going to get too much into this, but that's just a picture of we are Barabbas. You know what I'm saying? We are Barabbas. Jesus took our place. Nevertheless, that's messed up. I often say, I mean, if Jesus got <laughs> rejected, knowing that he was God, he was perfect, where does that leave you and I? But all the same, they rejected Jesus. Now, naturally, in our humanity, we're like, that's messed up. But let's pause a little bit and just kind of hold our emotions a little bit. Let's kind of contemplate. What if they did the, the, the opposite? What if they said, oh, no, we can't crucify Jesus. No, he's God. He's kind. He went about doing good. No, of course not. Release Jesus and crucify Barabbas. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if that happened, a couple of things will have happened as well. Number one, Jesus will not have gone to the cross, which means he will not have died for our sins, which means you and I will have to figure out how to pay for our own sins. And the last time I checked, regardless of whatever we came up with, that will not have been good enough. And Jesus will not have fulfilled his destiny. Therefore, the rejection that Jesus experienced was designed to make sure he ends up in the direction and the path that God wanted him to go. Well, the same thing happens to us. God can tell that, you know what? Sometimes people need to turn us down so that God is trying to make sure you are pushed toward your cross. God is trying to make sure you are navigated toward your purpose. Sometimes people can accept us out of the will of God. It's called peer pressure. But God allows rejection to push you in the right direction. Going back to Psalm 118, verse 22, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The next verse, Psalm 118, verse 23 says, this is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes, like what? This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Like I mentioned before, Peter made a reference to that verse and he mentioned that The builders were the scribes 
the rulers, the leaders of Jesus' time. They were the ones that rejected Jesus, the stone who became the chief cornerstone. But I want us to look at Psalm 118, verse 22, and take it personal. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Let's take it personal. Imagine that you are the stone in that verse. A couple of things stand out. Number one, notice it says the stone which the builders rejected. Not the stone which the destroyers rejected, but builders. I want you to think of a builder simply as someone who's supposed to build you up. You see, if someone refuses me, ignores me, overlooks me, passes me over, and I don't really know the person, I really have no connection with the person, it really doesn't really hurt me or hurt as much. But when it's a builder, someone who's supposed to build you up, this builder could be a parent, it could be a significant other, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a boss, a mentor, supervisor, manager, someone you look up to, someone that you expect to build you up and support you, and they're the ones that tear you down. It hurts even more. In addition, it says the stone which the builders rejected. Notice the stone was just a stone before it was rejected. But after the rejection, something different happened to the stone. It became a chief cornerstone. What do you think of when you think of a stone? Let me tell you what I think of when I think of a stone. A stone is something you step on. A stone is something you kick around. A stone is something you throw around. In fact, we throw stones so much, it's, it has been added to our dictionary, stone throw. God doesn't want us to be treated like stones. Unfortunately, some people do treat us like stones. They step on us. Step on our dreams. They step on our self-esteem. They throw us around. Throw us for a loop. They play with us, play with our emotions, discard us. But I want to encourage you that God uses their thrust to propel you to your destiny. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief. Chief is a title. When you have a title, that means you have a function. When you have a function, that means you have a purpose. Chief Corner, a corner is a position. Before you can fulfill your purpose, God has to position you for your purpose. And sometimes the way God positions you for your purpose is that he uses your opposition to position you for your purpose. All God is trying to do is to get you to that guy or that lady, get you to that job, get you to that environment. So rejection is a vehicle that God uses to drive you to your destiny. Rejection is a wake-up call. It's an alarm clock that God uses to wake up your calling. It's not a wall that blocks your path. It's an arrow that directs it. I wish I could tell you that every time we are turned down, overlooked, pushed away, that automatically you're going to end up where God wants you to end up. No, you have a part to play. You have an important part 
to play. How you respond to it. How you respond to it. How you respond to rejection will determine if you deal with it or if it deals with you. How you respond to rejection will determine if it inspires you or if it incinerates you. I want to encourage you to respond properly to rejection. When you're able to do so, not only will you be able to successfully deal with it, you also get a great deal out of it. The key to how to respond to rejection properly is found in a very popular verse. I believe it's Romans 8, 28. Unfortunately, we often do ourselves a disservice because we only quote part of that verse. We usually just say, all things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. And I believe a lot of people are saying, well, if all things work together for the good, how comes all things are not working together for the good for me? Let's read the whole verse in New Living Translation. Romans 8, 28. And what I really guys want you guys to focus on is the first three words. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Notice the word purpose for them. God causes everything, which must include rejection, to work for the good of those who, are, who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The first three words, and we know. If you don't know <laughs> that God is using rejection to push you to your destiny, you're not going to respond correctly. It's been said that the truth shall set you free. No. If you don't know it. It really says the truth that you know. In fact, I believe it's in John 8, 31 and 32. It says, if you obey my commandments, Jesus says something like that. You are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. It's the truth that you know that will set you free. So when you know that God causes everything, which must include rejection, to work out for your good, then your response is going to be different because you know. So tonight, that's my job, to help you know. It doesn't mean that when someone rebuffs you, refuses you, turns you down, it doesn't mean you're not going to be hurt. It doesn't mean you're not going to cry. It doesn't mean you're not going to be disappointed. But you can shake it off knowing, okay, God is up to something here. I don't know what it is. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. But God is up to something here. Earlier on, I mentioned how sometimes it's a timing issue. And according to my lovely wife, I met her in 2007. And by the way, she is the reason why all those ladies turned me down because God had her for me. It doesn't mean they were bad. It just meant that I wasn't good for them because she was the one who was for me. Nevertheless, in 2007, that's when I first met her. And according to her, she approached me and she was like, hi, how you doing? Is your name X, Y, and Z, and I was like, yeah, yeah, and I walked away. I walked away. Well, 
seven years later or four years later, I came to my senses and walked right back. <laughs> and now we are married. Okay. But like I was saying, when you know that God is up to something good, your response will be different. In fact, some of you may have heard the story about a king and his friend. They went hunting together. In the process, they got separated. The friend heard something move around in the woods, and he thought it was an animal, so he shot at it. Unfortunately, he shot the king. In fact, he shot the king's finger off. The king was ridden in pain, complaining, yelling, and the friend ran to the king and said, Oh, don't worry about it. All things work together for the good. The king was like, you just shut my finger off and you're quoting scripture to me? The king was mad and he ordered his guards to lock up his friend. So they locked him up. The king didn't have anybody to hunt with anymore. So the king went hunting by himself. And unfortunately, he was kidnapped by a bunch of cannibals. They brought the king. They were going to use him as a sacrifice. They brought the king before a priest. The priest examined the king before he commenced with the sacrifice and noticed that the king was missing a finger. So the priest said, you know what? Let him go. We can't use him. We need a perfect sacrifice. He has a missing finger. He's imperfect. We can't use him. So let him go. So they released the king. The king ran back to his kingdom. He ordered his guards to get the friend out of prison. And he apologized. I'm so sorry. You are right. All things work together for the good. I lost my finger. And because of that, I wasn't being roasted right now. Thanks to you. Friend said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And the king was shocked. The guy just took it really easy. He didn't complain. He didn't yell. He didn't say, I told you so. The king was shocked. He was like, you're not mad. You're not upset with me. The friend said, no, I'm not upset with you. Remember, I told you that all things work together for the good. You see, king, had you not locked me up, we will have gone hunting together. (laughs) And if we went hunting together and they kidnapped us, they will have sacrificed me. <laughs> so all things work together for the good. So just like this dude, when you know that God is up to something good, your response will be different. Having said that, I want to finish with three fundamental things you need to do to respond to rejection. When dealing with rejection, there are at least three things you got to deal with. You got to deal with the person that rejected you. You got to deal with the rejection itself. You have been rejected. You got to deal with that and you got to deal with yourself. And I believe First Corinthians 13, 13 gives us a three pronged response to rejection. And I'm just going to quote paraphrase First Corinthians 13, 13. It says these three last forever. Faith, hope and love. Use faith to deal with yourself. Use hope to deal with the rejection and use love to deal with the person or the entity that refused you. With regard to yourself, when someone turns you down, overlooks you, rebuffs you, they're simply saying, you feel like they're telling you, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not worth it. You can't have it. You can't do it. You can't be it. And if you believe that lie, you begin to lose faith in yourself. But I want to encourage you to respond with faith in yourself. Have faith in yourself. God has faith in you. 
God has so much faith in you, he allowed that to happen to you. Have faith in yourself. Many years ago, one of my brothers told me that people don't throw sticks at trees with no fruit. You are special, like Joseph was. You are special, like Daniel was. You are special, like Leah was. You are special, like Jesus, because you're a child of God. There is something inside of you. The enemy is trying to take it away. He's trying to let you not know that you are that special. That's why it's happening. Have faith in yourself and have faith in God. Don't lose your faith. Have faith in God. When Peter denied Christ and Jesus rose from the dead, prior to Jesus going to the cross, Jesus predicted that Peter was going to reject him, per se. (laughs) And he told Peter, I've already prayed that your faith will not fail. Have faith in yourself. With regard to yourself, again, when you've experienced that turndown or that refusal, rejection brings shame. It brings disappointment. But I want you to respond with hope because Romans 5, 5 says hope does not disappoint. The King James Version says hope maketh not ashamed. So my point is, when rejection comes with disappointment or comes with shame and you respond with hope, hope counters the shame that rejection brings because hope maketh not ashamed or he, he turns the disappointment into an appointment for you to fulfill your destiny. Hebrews 6.19 says, hope is the anchor of the soul. So when you have hope, it anchors you. You may be pushed, but you are anchored with hope. If you had no hope, you're just going to drift away in despair, drift away in depression, drift away in misery. But hope keeps you anchored. Proverbs 13, 12, I believe, says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But I'm encouraging you to respond with hope. And when you do that, you kind of switch that verse around and hope referred makes the heart healthy. Have hope. And finally, Respond with love to the person or the entity that rejected you. By love, I mean forgiveness. First Peter chapter 4 verse 8, the Amplified Version says that above all else, notice it says the greatest of this is love. Above all else, have intent and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Meaning it forgives and disregards the offenses of others. If love was a hand, forgiveness would be its fingerprint. Forgive the person. Forgive and let it go. I know we hear that a lot. Forgive this and forgive that. But a lot of us find it difficult to forgive. First of all, forgiveness is not something you and I do with our own strength. It's something we get from God, which brings me to point number one, have faith in God. God will give you the strength, the grace to forgive somebody else. Not only that, we find it difficult to forgive because we don't always understand what forgiveness is, which further complicates forgiving someone. Sometimes we think forgiveness means what they did to us was okay. Sometimes we think forgiveness means... We're patting the person on the back and saying what they did was okay and we're letting them go scot-free. But forgiveness is not about 
what someone did to you. It's not about someone getting away with what they did to you. It's about you getting away from what was done to you. Forgiveness is not about someone getting away with what they did to you. It's about you getting away from what was done to you. It's not about letting somebody off the hook. It's about you letting yourself off their hook. Forgive them. Let it go. When we forgive through God's help, when we respond with faith, hope, and love, not only will we successfully deal with the rejection, but we'll get a great deal out of it. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight I just want to encourage you. God has a plan. The best is yet to come for you. It's not the end of the world. It might just be a new beginning. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.